Craig Lowndes wins the 1996 AMP Bathurst 1000. Ten years in the waiting, Lowndes and Wincup do it! And in 2007, Craig Lowndes and Jamie Wincup, they have done the double! A three-peak for Team Vodafone, Craig Lowndes and Jamie Wincup. It's about to bring home yet another Bathurst victory. Craig Lowndes is a miracle man at this place. One of the legends of the sport creates a little bit of magic at the mountain and secures his sixth victory. Craig Lowndes, with one corner to go, is about to become a seven-time winner at Mount Panorama. Congratulations, Craig Lowndes. Tell you what, it took a very, very long time. We could still be, if we compiled, that's just that's just the Bathurst 1000 highlights for our next guest, who is, of course, the legendary Craig Lowndes, because we are coming to the cusp of the enduro season. Lowndes has just signed on for an extra couple of years with Triple Eight. He's going to be a double-decade Triple Eight driver. And as I, you just heard that highlights reel. If you were, if you were Zane Goddard right now, you'd be thinking, geez, I'm going to the Bathurst uh, with a pretty decent Coey. Well, pretty decent, Coey. And also, if you think about the Triple Eight Wildcard boys, Declan Fraser did it last year. Bang, ended up back in the main game. And there's no doubt, and we're going to talk about it later on in the show, that Zane Goddard's name is also now being bandied around for uh, the, the spare seat at MSR. So, really, Zane is in a sensational position, as you rightly say, Nimsy boy, to be uh, to be pairing up with the legend right when there's an available seat. And the last guy, as I say, he went to, uh, what, Tickford, I suppose, mm. didn't he? So it's a good thing to be in. It very much is. And we have got the great man on the line with us right now. Please welcome back to the driver's seat, the one and only Craig Lowndes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Mate, um, I've got to tell you, as uh, two 50-year-olds, oh, no, you're not 50 yet, are you, Stevie C- J? Calm down. No, man. no, and I know Lowndes is not, but I am yeah. 50. There are two blokes that I am cheering for this year at the enduro season, Garth Tander and Craig Lands, because you two characters are the last bastions of the old crew, of the old guard, of the old fellas. The Grey Gonads Cup continues. What about Frosty? Would you put Frosty well, in? Well, no, no, Frosty. No, no, no. No, no, no. I'm talking about, you know, back in the day, even the late 90s type thing when supercars was at its peak, I reckon. Uh, Tander was rolling around in the GRM cars, and of course, Lounsey was rolling around and winning championships and those sorts. So, Lounsey, I'm cheering for you too. The Grey Gonads Cup, I reckon. We talk about it every year. You've signed for another two years. Mate, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I think that uh, actually, it's, it's interesting you say that because. Uh, these new gen cars, I've, I've always, I've said like throughout that since, since I drove, uh, driven them, they do remind me of like the old late '90s sort of style of car. Like they move around on the brakes, they move around through corners. You know, you, you burn the tyres up, everything else. So you talk about the old grey nomads. Garth and I are probably the only two that can actually are still existing driving currently that probably remember back in that decade. Mm. So mm. it could be a good thing. Hey, I, I was back there too. I was just co-driving back then, just just quietly. Uh, I, I part, I put, took part in some tire testing and things too. It Did was, you? It was actually, well, yeah, that but... was actually, it was actually really cool, cool times then, Craig. I mean, wasn't it? Like, I mean, you you were on Bridgestones, uh, DJR, the old man was on Dunlops. We used to do so many days in the car testing, and and it was just, it's so different now, isn't it? I mean, I know you're talking about the car being a similar style of feel to what it was back then with 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 the way that the new cars transform with the aero and everything else. But, but geez, those, um, I, mean, I hate to say, oh, geez, the good old days, but they were pretty cool, weren't they? 
They were the good old days. And I, mm. I think that uh, it was interesting. The conversation came up about, like, you know, what would you change in the current era of supercars to make it sort of almost go back that era? And that was the first thing I said is, like, a, almost a tyre war in some yeah. regard because, yeah, we did. Like, we went to circuits back then that we knew that the Bridgestone was going to be dominant, but then we knew that when we went to other tracks like Malala, um, the Dunlop was going to be dominant, and then we get other circuits that you know that was pretty neutral. So it, it sort of mixed up the whole concept of, of you know teams and dominance throughout the season, and that was really about you know having that sort of interaction with your tire manufacturer and everything else. So yeah, look, I, I love that era, and I know Stevie J was part of that. Um, it, it was it was really a good. It was really intense because it was almost like the manufacturer was coming to you as a team and a driver going. What do you need? What 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 do you actually uh, like? Need to extract the best out of that car. And and I remember going even back then, going to Phillip Island, and we'd have like three different compound tire on the car. We'd have a steer tire. We'd have a drive tire. We we could mix and match everything. But now these days, it's just the one compound, one structure, one everything, and you just got to make the best of it. And that's what I think I was the most jealous of. I remember Craig. Actually, we went to, they did race at Lakeside, and mm. of all places, I mean, of all tracks, and you could never, ever turn around and say to people, you know, oh, geez, I had I had too much grip. Like, everyone's always chasing grip. You just want grip, right? Sure. To go fast, so we all want grip. I remember Craig, oh, Craig, if it was 96, 97 maybe, Craig literally had too much grip at Lakeside, and he was he would nearly flip the thing on the lid <laughs> without touching anything. Like wow. literally turning in through what we call hungry corner up the hill, and I think I've got I've still got a, a mega photo of Craig at home, and I and I, I think I only saved it because I really wanted to study the underneath of the car, but I could literally see <laughs> the full underneath of Craig's turning car, itself nearly forty five degrees on the angle um, on the right hand side, so driver's side down, um, I'm up the hill. So that was really cool to me. Also, you know, Dunlop were always a little bit. They were great in uh, in race trim in in regard to their tyre life, mm. but they always lacked a little bit in, in, in qualifying. So I think this is where the dual compound Moto uh, GP tyres, you know how some of the tyres now they've got a, a harder compound on the right side mm. if it's predominantly a right-hand track and a softer compound on the left side? Well, Dunlop used to do that for, for DJR and the, and, the, and the factory Dunlop runners, uh, DJR, uh, Perkins, and um, they would have the normal tire with the normal compound on the outside and then they'd have like a one millimeter band around the outside of the tire of wow. the super soft compound so that we could qualify better and then once that wore off you could actually get into the race and race with the proper compound the race compound pretty cool <laughs> thanks for sharing that now i'm actually understand how <laughs> you guys were so good back then <laughs> All I'm hearing here, boys, is big budget racing between yeah. you two knuckleheads with, uh, with all of that sort of stuff. Hey, Lounsey, during the week, it's been announced that um, uh, the chassis that you and Zane are going to be sharing in the super cheap auto entry is the chassis that uh, SVG started the year with. Who's, who's, I mean, let's be fair, he's, he's kind of had the sads about it. He's had the sook-ups about he's it. He's won races, isn't it? Yeah, but... He's won races, absolutely. So now he's gone and tested the, your chassis, which was the new car that you were going to have. Well, Zane raced at Darwin. Yeah, which was a good thing. How, yeah, do we, uh, how do we feel about that? And is that a discussion that you guys sit down and have in the back of a transport, or they just dial you up and say, hey, Lounsey, um, you're in this one? 
<laughs> I've got to say, it's a bit of a mix of everything all in that whole conversation. <laughs> I know when we, we gave it a shakedown out of QR, and, 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 and you're right, Stevie J, it was leading into Zane doing the wild card race up at Darwin. So Zane did most of the day, but we actually had Jamie come out and drive it. We had Shane come out and drive it. We actually had a young guy out from New Zealand, which is Tony Quinn's sort of little um, yeah, academy, come, come out and drive it. And uh, he was actually really good. But uh, I just remember the comments. When Shane got out of the car after that test day, he goes, yeah, no, I like this. This is what it's supposed to feel like. And I, go, I, go, I have to say, I've got to be honest, I come home and the team told me, like, it's only for SMP. And then Lara turned to me and goes, <laughs> you've lost the car. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. It's all good. It's all good. And then uh, and it was all good through SMP. Like, Shane, you know, he had a really good uh, weekend. And then... Of course, uh, yeah, the team have decided now, obviously, uh, post the bend, that uh, Shane will stay in that car, although he had some problems at the bend with steering. Uh, and and both, uh, both Zane and I uh, sent a message to the team saying, well, can we get our car back now, please? <laughs> um, but, uh, but look, no, it, look, at the end of the day, it's not the chassis. It, it's the steering racks. It, it's the process of everything that's going on. So uh, they had a really good productive day the Monday after the after and uh, I think they found some things. Uh, it's just up to the up to supercars now to really implement all that sort of side of it. So it's not the chassis side of it. Um, we're going to be actually uh, in Shane's. Well, we're, we're both in Shane's car now, but we're going to be in Shane's original car. And I think mm. that it, it's uh, you know we've we, we've got a test day coming up uh, next week, which you know validate what we're doing. The team obviously are really pushing forward. So uh, to me, the, the chassis is a chassis. I've never really worried about that side of it. It's really all the, all the mechanical sides of it that go underneath it. And, uh, you know, the, the team of, uh, you know, talking to JJ, who was my engineer at, at a certain time, um, you know, have really guaranteed that, you know, we're going to have three cars at home. Hey, mate, uh, we obviously don't want to keep harping on it, but while you're on the line... Um, just give us, like, when you said you've found some things, uh, is that with regard to the steering racks? Uh, and, like, is this something that uh, collectively now that, you know, you think that the, the problem or whatever issue it has been with the inconsistencies with it has been maybe um, solved and then we can hopefully, all, everyone can get on with running their cars and, and hopefully not having to, you know, talk about or having any of these issues again? Oh, absolutely. I think that, uh, you know, again, coming from what, what the team had told me, that the Monday uh, after the bend, that they changed the input shaft, they changed a bit of a structure of the, of the uh, steering rack, they changed, yep. they changed the torsion bar within the rack, they actually changed the mounting of the rack onto the cross wow. member. So they did a lot of things, and, you know, supercars were there and, and across everything. The big issue, I think, now is that maybe you know, they can see the solution, it's just making sure that because it's a, a control component, that every car in pit lane has the same. And, then, and that's the big thing now is that we know that we can see a fix. It, it's a matter of making sure that every car has the same. When we roll out for Sandown or Bathurst or whatever it is, whenever it is, that we all have the same so we can then put a full stop on the end of this and get on with racing. It, it's just, yeah. you know, it's not just, uh, you know, our side of it. it it's, you know, I, you know, and again, my commentary hat on you walk up and down pit lane and you hear it all the time and the inconsistencies mm. of it so it's just a matter of you know i'm sure people at home the fans are just sick of hearing it just put a full stop on it let's get on with racing um Lance, that's a, it's a really good point that you make there um and i, I want to chat to you as someone who 
has been at the absolute pinnacle, was was the, at the sharpest end of, of the grid and success when the category was arguably at its most popular, at its, its highest levels. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure you saw it, but I wrote a letter during the week and, and an open letter to supercars about the entertainment value and the over um, the over-regulating and regulations of the category and the dumbing down of the drivers in many ways because of political correctness and all that kind of stuff. I know I'm going to ask you the question. I know you have to almost have a political answer to it because you are a commentary. You are tied to supercars, all that sort of stuff. But, I mean, what's your gauge of where supercars is at the moment? Because we hear Shane Howard and read Shane Howard saying, oh, we're popular and we're this, that and the other thing. But 20,000 views of my letter and um, 165 comments. I didn't see too many positive ones about the sport at the moment. What's your feeling on it based on what you just said about people being sick and tired of it and just wanting to go racing? internally but externally where do you feel we're at at the moment have we got much improving that we need to do yeah look for me and again stevie J might back me up on this we've lost the personalities of drivers so you think back even five six seven years ago the ingles the scaifes murphy um you know ambrose Ambrose, Stevie Johnson, like all, you know, everyone. Even Larry, you know, Larry, all those guys. You know, Jimmy Richards. You know, imagine him getting up now on a a Bathurst podium and calling everyone a pack of. (laughs) 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 It's like all that we've missed. We've lost the, 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 I suppose, the character of the sport, of, of what it actually, you know, what we go for. And, you know, and again, if I put my commentator's hat on, you go and talk to drivers, and it's very interesting. I hope this is a massive learning curve for me. Is you go yeah. when you when you're a driver, you just worry about your own little zone. You worry about your own car, your own sponsors, you know, your own performance. But when you're in a commentator, you go up and out of garages, and just and and to be honest, there is not a lot of positivity in some of the drivers in the way that mm. you know. Even for me, like whenever I had a bad day, and I remember Brock used to say, "You're still getting paid. You're still driving a race car. You're still traveling around the world." It's not a bad thing. So I think that, uh, you know, drivers need to come out of their shell a little bit and mm. um, and and just be more authentic about it, not not try to be, you know, um, contained in, in, in basically, you know, what they think they need to say. And because we see, you know, Barry Ryan wears his heart on his sleeve and now we're not advocating that you get on, on air and drop the F-bomb and do all that kind of <laughs> stuff. But, but, you know, he got he got hit pretty heavy with some mm. sanctions and got to do all that sort of stuff. But that's exactly, I think, what we need to see. We need to see that emotion. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you, you know, you, you look, we, we saw when Brody and Shane went to NASCAR and, and they get over there and they basically call a spade a spade. Mm. Um, and that's just the way NASCAR is. Um, you know, and they get up there and drivers punch on and crews punch on. We don't want that <laughs> here. But 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 it, it's, it's just the raw emotion of, of the, you know, the results and, and how they're feeling at the time. We just don't seem to have that here at the moment. Like, no. you know, again, like, you know, again, I'll harp back on it. Like for me growing up watching the battle between Stevie, your dad and um, Brock and, and, you know, Gricey and, and all those guys, Kevin Bartlett, you know, yeah, Kevin Bartlett. That's what drawed me to the whole sport of what it is. Mm. And I, I'd even ask you, <laughs> What were your thoughts on the actual on-track racing? Because 
it almost seems like exactly what you're saying there, which is what we talked about during the week from inside the garages, it's almost translating to the racing too. We saw SVG get penalised for having that bump on Brown at SMP mm. at the hairpin there. Um, and then the the um, uh, Waters getting penalised for pulling out in front of Brock and all that kind of stuff. To me, it just seems really sanitised at the moment. I don't think we need to go to NASCAR level CL, but... I think we're too sanitised where we are on track, and I think we need to get back to something like a, a, an equal balance between what we see in NASCAR and what we're seeing now. Yeah, I think there's, there's got to be a happy medium somewhere between all that. I think there's no doubt that, um, you know, uh, the, again, if I go back five, six, seven years ago, like, you know, if I had contact with uh, Russell Ingle or Paul Morris, you knew it was going to come back at some point. Mm. <laughs> the payback was always <laughs> going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we we always as drivers we worked ourselves out, um, and and like, you know, I actually felt a little bit for Cam Waters um, at mm. SMP because uh, you know he was on for a strong showing, and and you know again if you look at that isolated incident incident, it mm. wasn't Cam's decision to leave the pit bay; it was the team's decision. So then you could almost argue it should have been a team's penalty, not a driver's yep. penalty. Agreed. So there's all this sort of stuff that goes on behind the scenes mm. that. You know, I, th- I think it is diluting a little bit of, of... And the big issue, I think, and it's been there, f- and, and, it's, and it's the stigma of everything, like even when Stevie was driving, you just, as drivers, you just don't know where the boundaries are. So, mm. you know, we mm-hmm. used to talk about the B pillar, and then we used to talk about overlap, and then we talked about there's so much of that going on mm. behind the scenes of drivers. Mm. So I, I can't criticise the drivers for what they're doing because they're just playing by the rule book of what they got. Yep. Yeah, it's not going to be. It's not going to be too far away when drivers on the podium at at uh, Tail and Bend or Bathurst are going to have to wear high vis. I mean, that's what, that's where we're getting. <laughs> you know what I mean? At the end of the day, well, it's, yeah, it's 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 so sanitised and it's you know. I mean, you know, the world's changed a lot, and I think it's changed a lot of things. Yes, you know, sport included. Agreed. Yeah, no, agreed. It's not just a. It's not just a supercar. Scene. No, we're seeing it around a bunch of sports, but we have the ability to make changes here. We really do. Because again, what I saw with Reynolds and Brock Feeney, I I didn't, I didn't think that was deserving of a penalty either. And I, and to be quite frank, CL, I know it's your team, but I don't know why, why um, Feeney even turned out. You know, as when you're a driver, when there was a car in your mirror and then all of a sudden they're not in your mirror, there's a fair chance they're up your inside. So unfortunately by turning hard, so hard down on, on Reynolds, and I know Reynolds had to then sort of pull it up and chirp it, and that's what whacked him. But it ruined Brock's race, and it ruined Reynolds' race as well because mm. it put Brock into the sand. I would have thought, pull out of it, let Reynolds pass, and if you're good enough, go and get him with another lap and a half or two laps to go. But I, I just I looked at that, and I thought, oh, man, Reynolds is going to get gonna done do here, is, it's, and it's ruined Brock. And, oh, and it's going to stop the racing. People are going to be that's not right. wanting to have a crack at the racing. Yeah, absolutely. So, But anyway, that's that's all the negative stuff, CL. Yeah. But you must be super excited. You've signed for another couple say, of years. 20 year. 20, 20 years. Triple Eight driver now. You old bastard. Oh, how good is he going? <laughs> 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 yeah, it's funny, actually, because it's sort of like one of those things that, uh, you know, again, like you look away at, like, um, the combination between Dick Johnson and John Bow, it was such a long time in such a, mm. a team of, of the caliber of what they've succeeded in and what they've success and everything else. Like, you know, I moved around and did a few things. And then now to think back that actually going to be uh, at the end of that 
contract that you're going to be there for 20 years is sort of uh, yeah, it's been quite remarkable. <laughs> I think that uh, you know, uh, you know, and and you know, I was at the team today, uh, you know, doing driver changes with Zane and static mm. ones, just getting organised, obviously for San Anabathus and. Again, it's just it's amazing to see the difference between the evolution of the car, the evolution of the you know the workers within the team, the evolution of of the drivers like Zane, um, who's been around for a little bit, but you know he's still like you know early twenties, and like you mm. think, oh Christ, I remember when I was that age. I wish I could go back. <laughs> well, I think when, when did Russell do the wild card? It was two years ago, right? Yep. Two years ago that he did the wild card. So what's he now? He's I think he's fifty nine. Is he really? Russell 59. I think he's 59 this year. It was 59 this year. And what's Murph? Murph would have to be 54. No, he's a a year older than me. Is he? So he's my age. Righto. So he's 50, 51. Yeah, so you'll you'll be you're sweet, mate. You got a couple you're of a years at least left in another yeah. decade. <laughs> you could be you could be a thirty year triple eight driver. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm really thankful for Stevie to to actually because you know that's been like the biggest myth of motor racing. <laughs> How old is Russell Engel? <laughs> you know, you know what I did. About two years ago, I went onto Wikipedia and changed it. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's two people that have lied about their age their whole career. John Bow, because John's about, what, 72 or 3 in yeah. in real human oh, terms. my mum would tell you. She knows his birthday <laughs> yeah. to the minute. 72 yeah. or 3, and then there was Russell Ingle as well, I reckon. So I reckon you got an, I reckon you got another decade, CL. I reckon you could, from here we go, 30 years of Triple Eight. Man, wouldn't that be a thing? Jesus, another thirty, <laughs> another ten years. That make make up yeah, yeah. thirty. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's so good. Hey, actually, I wanted to ask you, Sal, um, I, and it's only be it's purely out of interest sake because we see all of our drivers. Um, you know, they're so heavy on Instagram and Insta Snap and Facebook and Book of Faces, book faces, or, book faces yeah. and all that sort of stuff. We see into their lives all the time. But you're you're a pretty private dude. When you finished. At Tail and Bend, what does CL and Lara do Monday to Friday? Like, are you tinkering in the garages, or are you out doing sponsor stuff, or on the bike? What is what is a typical week for Craig Lowndes look like these days? Uh, well, like today, you know, I'll take today for example. I was at the race team, you know, doing some stuff, and uh, you know, and then come home in the afternoon. And Lara was in; uh, she's on the board of uh, the Prince Charles Hospital, so she was in the hospital uh, all day oh, on, oh, well. on the board. So, you know, um, grading PhDs and doing other stuff, and so we, we we do live different lives away from a racetrack, that's for sure. But uh, I suppose my my side of it is still involved, you know, heavily with race team and and that side of it. But uh, other than that, it's either in the veggie garden, cutting grass, uh, playing with the dog. Just no more motorbiking. Stuff. No more dirt biking. Uh, motorbiking, it, it's slowing down. I've got to be say because you know I don't bounce anymore. I sort of break. <laughs> you know, that, that's a big problem. All I heard there was, Maddie, I live the good life. That's what I do. I, I do what I have to do, and then I come home and veggie garden and mowing lawns and play with the dogs. Man, you you have got the life, and I might say you deserve it. You've worked bloody hard for it. Oh, thank you. I think, no, look, it, it, it's just great. It, and and it's, it, it's really good also, like these next couple of years, really, for me, it's, it's, it's you know, even doing last year with Declan, it's almost like going full circle you know, mm-hmm. when I first got involved with the team and, and – you know, with HRT and all that sort of stuff. You know, you look up to Thomas Mazira and Brock and all those guys that were, you know, heavily involved at that at that time. And then, 
Now, now for me, it's the other end of the scale. It's, you know, you've got the Declan Fraser that's come along, you know, Zane Goddard. I have no idea who next year's going to bring, but, um, you know, it, it's great to see the teams. I've also got to say that it's great to see teams, not just us, but DJR and, and everyone else up and down pit lane embracing the youth. Because I remember mm. when I first broke through in, in 94, like, it was a real unwritten sort of, you know, program of well, people of didn't do it. Such yeah. a young guy come mm. through the program, so um, it's really good to see the embracement of, of teams. You know, embracing the young guys and giving them a chance, an opportunity to, to to showcase what they can do. So, as long as I can, you know, get my bum in the seat, and I've got to say, Stevie J, it's like a, <laughs> these new cars—they're they're harder to get in. I can tell you that. <laughs> oh yeah, well, that's... maybe that's why Stevie J hasn't driven one yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they talk about it at the boardroom level and they go, should we get Stevie J to have a crack in the DJ car? And they all look at each other and go, nah, nah you'll mate. never get him in. Nah, mate. Let alone get him out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> too hard. Give it to Jet. Too Jet, old, Jet right? can drive it. Just give it to Jet. Yeah, just Jet can. He's, he loves it. He's, he's fine. <laughs> hey, mate, speaking about young guys, um, obviously, you know, Brock's doing a, a fantastic job there. He's only 20. I mean, like, that's oh, so young. Scary. He's yeah. so young. Yeah, yeah, doing so well. Um Big signing, Will Brown for next year. I mean, that's that's got to be exciting. That's got to be quite an exciting lineup, I guess. Um, you know, Shane, in in my opinion, he's still one of the one of the the very very best. He's he's so good when he's on and focused to mm. to you know he's he's almost unstoppable. So, I mean, if you can't have him in your car, you know, when he's when he's on, then you know, I think gaining someone to the caliber of Will Brown mid year, you know, uh, I think you know is a really really important step for for T8? I think it is in a, in a number of levels. I think you're right in the sense of um, he's, what he will bring to the team in the sense of his ability and what he does is you know, put a helmet on him, put him in a car, like that side of it, um, his feedback, all that side of it. But I think what will also, it's almost polar opposites. And, and again, you know, as you said, I don't want to disrespect Shane, but Shane loves to drive race cars, every race car, every weekend, mm. and that's what he loves. That's Where Will brings, mm. brings a personality to the team and, and he will you know, bring a bit of you know, uh, sunshine to the team. He'll bring a different mm. aspect to the team. And I think that will, will bode really well to, mm. to, you know, to the team and, and all the workers that work really hard. And, um, and again, I'm not disrespecting other teams. I know DJR, everyone works really hard. But when you've got you know, a, a young guy... And when you go into a new team, you want to work really hard and, and establish yourself. So I think Will will do that next year. He, he's from Toowoomba, so he's a local boy. Mm. Uh, I think that all that you know will bode really well for the you know the future of uh, you know what they bring. It's going to make the media team at Triple Eight look a, a lot oh, a, a lot less stressed next year, isn't it? Because and the pit lane crew are a lot less nervous the, the, in interviews. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, it's no secret that we... Yeah, Chad Nolan's just loving Sh- life right now. Yeah, Sh- Shane can't stand doing media stuff. Whereas Will's the opposite. So I think yeah. it's going to be... Uh, I wouldn't say a breath of fresh air. I mean, it's two, two totally different people. Yeah, but um, a breath of fresh air, I think, is a perfect way to put it. Yeah. yeah. It is. He's been there for a long time. He's achieved everything. Championships, Bathurst, 1000s. Um, we always look at things, Stevie J and CL, as oh my, oh my goodness, this is the this is the biggest thing since last bread, and what's it going to look like, and doubt, and this, that, and the other thing. It could be the best thing that ever happened to Triple Eight. It consolidates their driver lineup for potentially another ten years. Yeah, Brown could be the next you, CL. He could be there for the next twenty years. 
So well, he, I, I think it's could, great. It could be. And I think the other thing, the, other, the flip side of it is for Shane. Like, yeah, you got to look at it like he can spend the next four, three, four, whatever years doing supercars and doing the same thing over and over. Mm, or he, mm. he's got a bigger pond to look into in, in NASCAR and have a bigger challenge. And, and as I said, like, you know, Shane's at his best when he's driving everything, anything. Doesn't matter if it's going sideways, four-wheel drives, front-wheel drive, rear-wheel drive, whatever mm. it is, he's at his best when he's driving. And I think mm. that, uh, you know, for this opportunity for him is, is a huge one. And, and look, I, I think he'll do extremely well over there. Like, I was, and, and I don't know what you were thinking, Stevie, but I was quite fascinated. Like, the NASCAR guys were like, oh, heel and toe, what's that? Oh, no, I couldn't like, believe it. that all for granted. Oh, I couldn't believe it. And some of the stuff like that, that Kyle Busch was saying that, you know, he tried it and he was two and a half, three tenths a lap slower and he doesn't rate it and he doesn't think that it's, you know, the hype is, is measured up to the actual advantage. They can think what they want. Get better at it. Yeah, they can yep. think what they want. And, <laughs> and I still would have, you know, liked to see Shane in a 100% healthy car um, at Indy, mm. you know, because it mm. wasn't, it wasn't, it, you know, he had stick and throttle. He had all sorts of stuff going on mm. still to finish up there in the top 10. But um, let, let's let's face it here. Shane's going to go over there. He's going to, you know, do some of the, the cooler stuff that, that pretty much every young race driver would love to go and do. You know, in three or four years' time or five years' time, if, if he's like, yeah, I'm not happy with that, if he wanted to come back to Australia and race a V8 supercar, Walk in. it would be – he mm. could pretty much go yep. wherever he wanted to. Yeah, yeah. So – it's not really an, it's not it's a no brainer. Absolutely. You know, there's no downside. It's not like you're gonna miss out on something when you come back. And to be completely truthful about it, CL, he the wedge that he is gonna earn over there utterly eclipses anything that he's gonna be able to do here. So he goes over there, he earns what, fifteen, twenty, twenty five million over five years or whatever it's gonna be, and then comes back home and drives supercars for fun, doesn't have to worry about maybe, anything. Maybe and... he can come up my mountain biking with me again. No. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> well then again, Maybe he should go mountain biking with you, Stevie J, before he goes to America, because then he will win everything, because you'll yeah. go over there a damaged man. And that's what happened last time. <laughs> yeah. Here's the hot tip for you, Lansy. If uh, if Stevie yeah. J does mm. invite you to go on anything with two wheels, just mm. say no. Although, you got Sandown coming up next, and the last time a AAA driver went <laughs> mountain biking with Stevie before Sandown, yeah. uh, worked out pretty well for SVG. But, Started uh, 17th and finished first. <laughs> <laughs> you could have started last and still yeah. wasn't that, that weekend. <laughs> but, yeah. No, look, I, I think you're right. I think, like, you know, it's a great opportunity for him. And, and you've got to grasp it. Like, when, when he's mm. got an opportunity, the door opens like that. I, I had an opportunity in 97 to go to, to, to Europe and, and try my luck. And, and you, know, you know, Shane's done it. Brody, I reckon he's the next one to, to look into that world. Like, But the, what it also shows is that what we do here down under is bloody good. Like, we yeah, have good some point. really good racing and competitive racing, and it's showing the rest of the world what we can actually do. Great point. Yeah. I thought Absolutely. that was really cool after Shane won in Chicago, too. He basically said at the press conference, he's like, you know, there are other guys like me back in <laughs> our category that can do the same thing, right? And everyone's like, what? There are more? <laughs> I'm getting beat by a guy right now, and he's, you know. So, yeah, oh, yeah I, I think it's, it's put... What you've done, Craig, what you do, Stevie J, uh, what, what all of you guys have done, I think it's put us on the map uh, and will create further opportunities. Because the other thing, and we're going to let you go in a sec because you've been really generous with your time there, CL. One of the other things that it's creating a new culture for is that you, Stevie J, you, CL, supercars was the ceiling. That was the limit typically. 
um, if you, you tried overseas CL, but um, typically supercars was it. What Ambrose has done, and now what um, SVG is doing, Scotty and Mac, what Brody's done, and Scotty Mac has done. It is opening up the world to Australians and Australians to the world, and I think for the next generation, that's a really important thing. Oh, hundred percent. And like you know, maybe I missed my my time in that world, but you know, <laughs> you looked at even like Alan Jones, who was the very first to sort of you know crack that that sort of code, and then. Mick Doohan and, and those guys, it, it's sort of, it's been a slow burn, but now mm. it's, it's it's become a reality. And, and and that link to those sides of the world, whether it's Europe or, or the US, it's a reality. And, and, that, and yeah, you're right. Like, it, not even that, but the young kids right now in go-karts can have, like, you know, basically not stars in their eyes, but like they got an opportunity to look that that, that is a, a reality a of where they can end up. Um, yep. And that's, and that's, I think you just summed it up pretty well there because, you know, the world's gotten a lot smaller now and it's great to see that the opportunities for, you know, some of the jumps in a cart these days, a kid now has so much, not just, like you said, Matty, the ceiling and just supercars, the world is now your oyster. But uh, yep. CL, your dinner's probably stone cold by now. So we, Sorry, apolog- Lara. So we apologize <laughs> for that. But and as Matty said, you've been incredibly generous with your time and we really look forward to seeing you uh, at least for the next two years uh, flying around Mount Panorama and Sandown. Well, we still have Sandown at least. And, and the Enduros yeah. in that Triple Eight wildcard. But uh, she's for joining us once again on the driver's seat and good luck at Sandown. No worries. Thank you very much, guys. I'm looking for a Jet Johnson to be on the grid at some point in those next two years. Oh, it's going to happen. I'll tell you now it's going to happen. Put a, hun- put a hundy put a hundy on the hooter. Responsibly. It's responsibly, yeah. of course. Responsibly, of course. But yeah. put a hundy on the hooter. It's going to happen. I reckon. <laughs> Steve's looking at me a little funny in the studio about I reckon it's going to happen. I don't happen. know what to say. <laughs> no, you don't, don't say anything. But, uh, just give me, the, give me the odds and I'll put the money on the, yeah, okay. the shit. Well, appreciate your time, CL, and we'll chat soon. Yeah. Thanks, guys.